Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, FinTech SF shares his winding path from graduating during the financial crisis in 2008 and having to leave the U.S. as an international student back to Dubai. Learn how he got his foot in the door at PwC and audit and managed to make the transition over to transaction advisory, transaction advisory practice in only 1.5 years, even though they kept telling him no. Find out also why he moved back to the U.S. a few years later and eventually joined the corporate side in their M&A group. Enjoy. Okay, FinTech SF, thanks so much for joining the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Hey, Patrick, happy to be here. So it'd be great if you could just give the listeners a short summary of your bio. Yeah, happy to. So I've um, studied in uh, school in California, graduated in um, 08, right in the heart of the financial crisis. Good timing. Um, Good timing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, to add to that, I was I was an international student, so made made, made life even harder to find a job. Oh my gosh! At, I just talked to a guy earlier today who also graduated exactly in a way, and he he yeah. he turned down an offer from Goldman, and then like three days later, Lehman collapsed. <laughs> He's like, "What did I do?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, sorry. Go ahead. So yeah, so international student, 08 graduate. Yeah. Um. So uh, I I was. Trying to trying to make something happen in California it didn't work out. I went back home, which is which is Dubai for me uh, over in the Middle East. Uh, they Dubai itself was kind of reeling from this real estate crisis, and uh, managed to managed to grab um, a position in an audit with Big Four company PwC, mm-hmm. and uh, you know from there sort of navigated my may, my way made it into transaction services, which is the M and A advisory side of things over there. Mm-hmm. Um, Further on from there, just just sort of you know, it's a global firm. They offered these these opportunities for mobility in different offices. Made it out from the Dubai office to the San Francisco office. Spent about eight years in in Big Four, um, and then pivoted over to the corporate side, which is uh, where I am now. Very cool. And then you you were in M and A basically for um, how long? You know, you've been at a couple firms now for a couple of years. You were kind of in corp fin, right? As like doing M and A. Um, at, a, at, a, at a large company, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's been about um, three years, or well, rather two years now since I've left uh, PwC. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've juggled a couple of corporate finance and specialty valuation roles. Great. Uh, so, so yeah, everything is related, sort of, you know, to valuations and, and different applications of it, uh, not specifically to M and A, but also just to like uh, financial reporting and, and just complex instruments. 
Very cool. So tell me a little bit about um, your upbringing. So you grew up in Dubai and you just, you, you came to the States for school. Was the thought here, hey, I'm going to get a job here in the States right after graduating before the financial crisis hit? What was the thought process? Um, had you traveled to the U.S. a lot? I'd love to hear a little bit just culturally how that was. Yeah, no, um, that, I mean, you know, just very different economies, right? Very different stages of, of where things are in, in Dubai versus, versus the U.S. Dubai still sort of, you know, trying to attract a lot of talent, spending a lot of capital to, to build out its infrastructure. And, and U.S., of course, is obviously relative to Dubai light years ahead. So, so the intent was always to sort of start a career uh, in the U.S., get all that experience and, and see where that takes me, right? Whether that keeps me behind in the U.S. or um, I have the opportunity to go back in Dubai and take on more leadership roles and, you know, manage an organization with all that experience gained in the in the U.S. And that's typically the path, you know, um, most people take in, in Dubai. Uh, it attracts a lot of Western talent, specifically from the U.K. Um, and they're looking for people, you know, capable people, uh, just good quality human capital to come and build stuff out mm. over there. Um, so that was always the goal. Um, yeah, yeah. So 20, 2008 through a spanner in the works. <laughs> and so you, you joined um, Audit. Were you interested in Audit at all or was just like what you could get when you went back to Dubai? Um, so, so when, when I was, uh, when I graduated and I was looking for stuff, you know, uh, banking was obviously sort of the, the goal, um, and, and, and times are really challenging, didn't work out. I remember going back to Dubai and, um, there's, there's this financial center in downtown. It's called DIFC, which mm-hmm. is Dubai International Financial Center. I went to their website. I downloaded a list of every single, uh, office in DIFC operating their hedge fund, uh, small boutique banks, advisory companies, whatever, because uh, that was the goal. I really wanted to get that experience. And it was funny, I was, as I was calling some of them, they were like, yeah, we're shutting down, actually. <laughs> so, uh, wow. So that was like a lot goal. of the hedge I mean, funds, a lot of the hedge funds, you mean, and like even the small banks were just like, that's it, closing up shop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them just got them destroyed, um, uh, you know, the funds, and then and then some of the boutique banks just, there was no deal flow. They just weren't able to take things off the ground. Uh, I, wonder, I yeah. wonder how much of that is similar to now, given everything that's going on with COVID. I mean, probably what seems is like the market is ignoring a lot of the, you know, the fact that we're in a recession, right? Um, but yeah. like, it's kind of, it's kind of a, it's interesting like dichotomy between the two times, like 10 years ago and now and how there's some similarities, but it doesn't feel quite the same. Uh, this feels yeah, almost yeah. like it's a more of a, temporary situation where like there it almost felt like the whole world like the the whole financial system was going to collapse right um at least from when i remember it (laughs) yeah no it's funny it's it's funny how much of it is the same and how much of it is different right um i mean and and you can see a lot of the similar sort of uh, stopgap measures being put in place you know federal aid coming in and whatnot yeah Uh, obviously the 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 quantity and the uh and the 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 packages are different but um yeah oh wait we, we kind of knew when you know, when this was going to end, sort of, yeah. uh, with, with COVID, who knows, second yeah. wave, third wave, who knows, right? That's, yeah. that's the scary part, but, but yeah, you're right. So um, you, you started yeah. an audit, you said, but then you, you eventually transitioned to transaction advisory services. What was the thought process there? Because you, you learned from somewhere that you, you wanted to be on the transaction side because it interested you or because you thought, hey, for my career, this is a good move. Yeah, I, I think um, I think it was just a matter of personal interest, and 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 you asked a question earlier about wh- why I got into audit. It was 
a lot of times, I mean, the mindset I had was that, look, uh, this is a huge organization, right? They, they do a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm not going to say no to, to an opportunity to be part of the organization, mm-hmm. e- even though it's not my initial uh, choice. My first choice was not audit, of course. Um, I, I'd always been interested in the, in the M&A side of things. Mm-hmm. But, but the fact that I could, I could be part of this company and see where that takes me was, was what appealed to me. And then, and then yeah, I just, just got in and then... Um, Plus the safety, started. the safety of a big company in those times. I would think that yeah. theoretically it's a little, especially audit. <laughs> People still need to do their audits, right? Yeah, it's the bread and butter, right? So it's the bread that, and butter. keeps the lights on. Um, so there's always going to be work. You're going to be busy. And, and for someone fresh out of college, look, it's, it's a great learning experience. You're, you're working with some, some really big clients in, in that part of the world. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just great hands-on experience to just get, get things going. And, and meanwhile, you're sort of talking to people, working things out and, um, getting, I mean, getting to eventually where you want to go. Yeah. Tell me about that transition. Cause I, I've talked to a few people who've made that same exact transition. You're talking about the, the audit to TAS internally. And I know for some people it was super hard. Other people, it was like not that hard. I'd love to hear just your experience. Did you have to network for like a year or a couple of years? Did you just work on a few um, things with the TAS team and then eventually they liked you and brought you over? How, how did it exactly work out for you? Um, I mean, thankfully, not not a year of, of not a lot of a lot of networking involved there. But but I will say, I, I did knock on a couple of the doors, and a lot of people were like, "Yeah, look, we're kind of small and we're very agile and we're very top heavy. You need to have an MBA or a certain amount of banking experience to get in this." Um, so so a lot of it was just meeting people, um, learning about what the team does, what they uh, uh, and sort of how they're structured and the work they have. So they were um, basically telling you no for a while, for a little bit at least. Yeah, yeah. In fact, when, when um, even before I got into audit, when I was talking to the recruiter, I told him, well, this is not my first preference. And he said, yeah, but TAS, you know, this is what they're looking for. And you don't have any of that in terms of an MBA or, or, um, or work experience. And um, so, yeah, so it's not the first time I heard a no, but that didn't deter me. You know, I, the opportunity. So there, the recruiter was right. And then wait, yeah. you got your foot in the door. Yeah. With, yeah. with audit. Okay. And then, I mean, I've heard it's, it's sometimes tough. So you were still hearing no a little bit, like even once yeah. you were internal. Yeah, and, and that's why you just got to be persistent, right? Like, like I, I knew uh, like five to 10 years out, right? I, I didn't see myself being a partner of an audit practice. Sure, I saw myself being, you know, on, on the deal side of things. And, and, and that persistence just kicks in. You, you want to you make that happen um, ASAP. Uh, so yeah, it's just a matter of talking to more people and, and not, being, not being discouraged by hearing a no. Was it because um, not, the team was so small in Dubai for the valuation side? It was that kind of the, the one of the impediments. Like, did you feel like you had to make a, a transition first to the U.S. office? Because you were in Dubai for a good five years, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I transitioned to to evaluations within within Dubai itself. Within Dubai, um, okay. Was that a small team, a relatively small team? It, it was a small team. Um, they they have a ton of work. Uh, so so the. The way, the way it works is you're always looking for people who can hit the ground running. Um, and, and sort of you've got to build, build that, that sort of um, uh, that belief in them that, yep, I, I'm, I'm capable. I know what I'm doing. I understand how things work, et cetera. And just, what did you have to show like that you knew about valuation and how do you demonstrate that in audit? Um, it's, it's not just about valuation. So, so I mean, yeah. I mean in, in, its, in its essence, right, valuation is, is just a cash flow model and there's a set of cash flows and a discount, right? right? Like right. In, its, in, its, in its essence, the, the, the part that I think sets most people out is, hey, what did you learn in audit that you could leverage in valuations? 
right? Um, and and there was two two things that I sort of picked up. One was just getting really grounded in financial statements, right? A lot of folks uh, who, who focus so much on on the finance, the corporate finance side of things, um, sort of seem a little out of place when dealing with uh, complex, you know, accounting matters. Sometimes those could have uh, valuation impacts. You know, when when you don't know how to read a balance sheet properly, um, you know, it, it it could it could throw you in a in a loop. Um, yeah. So, so that was one thing, just just demonstrating, like, yep, I've got that grounding. I know I know how to read this stuff. And two was just bringing some of that commercial insight. Um, one of the benefits of auditors, you're literally sitting with uh, with a client and, and you're asking them all these questions about their business. That is great firsthand experience and exposure, right? Yeah. Um, and 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 that's something that you know, like I mentioned earlier, at its at its core, at its essence, valuation is just a cash flow discount rate. The color and the quality that comes in is that commercial experience. How do you make sense out of this? How do you tell a story from the numbers? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of that was just demonstrating that. Yep, I've I've got that commercial uh, insight too, and and I know I know and that comfort around clients too, right? Yeah, just being able to speak and being being able to talk and relate to things. And so how um, how many years did it take you to to make that jump? Two years before they a year and a half, a year and a half. Wow, pretty so, fast. Pretty fast. Yeah. 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 You, you got to push hard. <laughs> You, you got to keep at so it. Like when, when was the first time you said, hey, did you talk to HR? Did you talk to like a mentor in the valuation practice and TAS? That like, you- uh, it's, it's one of those things where you, you start from the bottom and work your way up. I, I started talking to like a couple of senior associates, managers, and in, in, in TAS teams. And then they would just keep referring me and referring me and referring me. And I made my way from like a senior manager to a director. And then I was sitting in the partner's office saying, hey, what do you think? <laughs> And so how long, how long did that whole process take? And tell me a little bit about like what the conversations were like. Cause I think there's people who are find themselves in that seat. It's, I think it's always interesting, especially for people who want to go to investment banking. We always say TAS is kind of where you need to be in the big four um, to have that shot to transition, you know? Yeah. And I, th- and I think why that's true is just because of the reasons I mentioned earlier, right? You're, you're getting, you're getting hands-on sort of experience with, with financial statements, just uh, getting commercial insights, especially on the diligence side of things. You're literally ripping a company apart and uh, figuring it all out. And that's, that's, that's so much more valuable than just knowing how to pick a discount rate, right? Yeah. Uh, b- both of which are equally important. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so a lot of those conversations were, were exactly that, uh, uh, you know, folks just saying, yeah, but you know, valuations and M&A is very different from audit. So, so how can, you know, what experience can you bring? And, and it's going to take a while. Our team is pretty small and no one's got the time to handhold and things like that. Uh, it was just sort of going back and forth all the time. What was um, the, what was the most junior person they had there? An MBA? At that time? Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they're, so they're, they, they're all- they really weren't lying when they said, we don't, you have to have an MBA. <laughs> no, 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 they weren't. They weren't. <laughs> and so uh, eventually you, you convinced them to give you a shot. Uh, yeah, a lot of that was, like I said, I'd, I'd already been in audit uh, for a year. Uh, I was, I was, I'd done two out of my three CFA levels already, and I was taking the third one uh, that summer. You were a hard worker. Um, you were proving uh, that you, like, you were living at the office. You were stepping up for all the hard projects, putting in long hours. Yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are sacrifices you have to make, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you've got to put in the time and the effort. Just I mean, talking to I mean, you, I can that, tell you are diligent. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the the networking and all that is just one aspect of it, but but ultimately you've, you've got to you know, they put you to the test. And um, I mean, you still have to go through internal interviews and whatnot. It's it's not just you know partner picking up a, on the phone and making a call and saying, "Yep, just move him from here to there." 
How did you, um, how did you deal with the audit? Like your, your bosses in audit, were they upset? Were they annoyed? Did they know you were doing all this networking? And like you kept trying, trying, trying. Were they like thinking, yeah, what's wrong with us? It's, it's, it's one of those things that you, you've got to be careful about how you navigate because um, there's, there's the official way to do it, right? You know, you, you talk to your coach and your coach raises a request and sets up a meeting and, and whatnot. Or, or there's sort of the you know, quote-unquote informal way to do it where you just have sort of coffee conversations with people and say, hey, I'm interested. What do you think? Um, uh, so, so to answer your question, and people were aware, um, but, and, and it's not uncommon. I'm not the first one to do this. Um, but, but, you know, for, for most people, for my coach or for other people in the audit practice, right, there's, there's a bunch of other things that are top priority for them. They have clients, engagements, and, and lots of other stuff going on. And you were getting um, your work done and you weren't complaining. Yeah, you, uh, of course. That's that's priority, right? You yeah. you can't you can't be one of those sort of yeah. If you're uh, just like oh, audit stinks, audit stinks. I want to go valuation TAS. You're never going to make. I mean, yeah. I mean, then 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 you're going to lose PwC altogether. Never mind yeah. just audit. You'll just you'll just be like, <laughs> this guy's not a team player. You know, he just yeah. no doesn't work. Fair. Um, so yeah, so so folks know about it. You know what um, that reminds me of? There was a there was a thread on the site the other day about. Uh, it was really funny. It was this guy saying, "This is how." this is how an intern got me to forward his resume. And it started out um, going through all the things the person did. And then it was like all these horrible, he was being sarcastic. It was all satiric of like all the horrible things yeah. that, that could be said. So he was like, yeah, I don't want to do quant. What about investment banking? And like, it was just ignoring what the person did. <laughs> just trying to see if they had a connection. Like yeah. just so horribly, just a horrible job at networking. And so like, I think there's a little bit of that here. You really need to make sure that you're not, you're still grateful for what you have and you're not throwing it in people's faces. And, 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 and there's, there's like ways to have those conversations, right? So, so yeah. when, I, when I started an audit, I was part of the team that they had, which is called, uh, I mean, they called it SIPS, C-I-P-S, but what that meant was, you know, it's the consumer sector. And when I was talking to my coach, he's like, he's like look, um, maybe audit's not all that bad. Maybe just, maybe just this team's not for you. Why don't you try out a different team? Why don't you get a financial services or energy or something like that? Mm-hmm. And, and it's sort of just, knowing how to have those conversations. Um, and and one, of th- one thing that helped me was, was that I told him, I was like, look, I've, I've worked with uh, seniors on certain engagements, right? Like managers or senior managers. And I've seen the work they do. And, and I've just asked myself, is that where I want to be five to 10 years from now? Is that sort of responsibilities and the interactions and the level of work that I want to be doing? And, and, and my answer was, um, well, n- not really, right? I, I, I see myself on, on sort of operating in this M&A type of situation, uh, working on deals and having different sorts of uh, experiences. I, I recognize all this work is very valuable, but I just don't see myself being here five to 10 years out. Mm. Um, and how I made that call was looking at where my seniors are. So, so it's, at least they understand that, all right, this guy's not just, you know, I want to be in banking. You know, yeah. he's, 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 he's put thought into it and he knows right. what he wants and he knows how to get there. You had well-structured answers. It wasn't like just a, Hey, I want to do this. I want to do that. It'd be for, for yeah. a good reason. Okay. So you're, yeah. you tell me about the transition a little, um, from Dubai back to the U S and how did that happen? I know it's, you said it's a global organization. So kind of op- offered that opportunity, but tell me, you know, why you came back and, and what, what that was like. And I mean, it, it comes back to just, you know, um, the, the fact that very different economies, right? I mean, I'd, I'd been in Dubai for about five years with the valuations team there, mm-hmm. and 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 Dubai, uh, it's 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 great because it's a small, uh, relatively anyway, small economy compared to the U.S. 
and you get to work with the best clients. We, ha like we had sovereign wealth funds, we had PE funds, the big family businesses of, of the Middle East as all of our clients. And after a certain point, you're like, well, there's got to be more life than this, right? What are all those folks in the U.S. talking about all the time? <laughs> you know, yeah. I want to go see some of that. So it's just that curiosity um, and, and just application of a skill set in a different environment. Um, there's, there, there, isn't, there isn't sort of, you know, this, this, this big um, SEC-type watchdog in the U.S. And there are all these massive reporting requirements, whatnot. This, the, this stock market's not as big as it is in, 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 the, in the U.S., so, so the type of work you do, the nature of the work you do is very, very different from what, um, uh, what is done in the U.S. Uh, valuations office by PwC, for example. So um, it's, it's still valuations. It's just different applications of it. And, and that's something that, What type of companies were you valuing? And for what? In, for um, mergers? It was like a fairness opinion and stuff? What were you, what does the team specifically do? So it was actually uh, a straight up just the, uh, valuation advisory. So how much is... Okay. Uh, you know, your business worth, right? Um, Got it. Um, helping people, them build people, a business uh, private plan. equity funds looking to sell, whatever. And it could be a whole range of things. Yeah, yeah. Just exit, uh, buy side, sell side, everything. Um, okay. But the, the key distinction is, right, uh, when I came to the US and um, the valuation team over here does a lot of what's known as purchase price allocations or, mm. or uh, goodwill allocation exercises, which, which doesn't really, that kind of work when I was in Dubai, it didn't really quite exist at that time. Okay. So that was, that was great. Huge learning opportunity. What, what is a purchase price allocation? I mean, I know what it is theoretically, but how do you do one? Um, and again, it's just valuation. It's just different applications of it. So, so things like that was just interesting. And then to add to that, um, I, I, I got to the San Francisco office for PwC, and all, all of the clients over here are all tech companies, as you imagine, you know, the Googles of the world. Yeah. And um, that is experience that I was not getting in Dubai, right? Uh, just the, the, the economy in Dubai is more real estate, banking, and consumer, largely mm -hmm. speaking. Um, and, and tech is obviously, you know, a uh, very, very fast growing part of the economy. Sure. Uh, and and I'd love to get some of that experience. So a couple of things that sort of pushed me to, to make this move happen. And and again, it wasn't easy, right? <laughs> and nothing ever is. What was the hardest um, part of the jump? Well, uh, first figuring out uh, what the team does, right? <laughs> Valuations. I, 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 I spent hours on LinkedIn just, just messaging uh, lots of PwC uh, folks in different offices, Canada, Australia, yeah. all over. I mean, um, just, hey, what do you guys do there? Um, yeah. I just didn't want to assume it's the same work. And, and, then, and then, I mean, how do you explain to someone Hey, why did you pick San Francisco? Like the PwC's office is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Europe is attractive. One that's attractive. Why don't you go there? Um, and what team, right? Within valuations, there's this modeling teams and there's other teams. So uh, you really got to put in the effort because um, it just makes the process that much easier. Effort to figure um, out kind of what would be a good fit for yourself. Is that what you mean by effort? Yep. Effort. What, will be a, what, what location? So, so I actually interviewed with a bunch of folks. I interviewed it with the London office. Um, I had conversations with the Australia office. Mm -hmm. um, those didn't work out and I was, I was, I was very, very heartbroken. I, I, I really wanted to make it happen, right? You know, mm -hmm. when you're at a stage in your career, you're still, you know, not, not too experienced, relatively young, because moving is always difficult. Yeah. Folks typically assume you move and you join at the same position. But oftentimes, you, you take a step back mm. and, and doing that becomes that much harder when you're more experienced and you're more senior. Yeah. Um, so I, I felt like the timing was right. So I really wanted to happen. And, and when London and Australia didn't work out, 
it's kind of a bummer, but, but you just keep pushing. And again, it was just networking. I, I got hold of um, uh, a recruiter uh, for PwC in the, in the, in the uh, San Jose office, actually, not even San Francisco. Uh-huh. And, um, and yeah, I was talking to her and then she put me in touch with a partner and then, and then that's kind of what kicked it all off. It's so interesting. It's like you work at the same company, but you're still networking outside of it, like through recruiters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just so that just shows you how massive it is. It's like you need to like hustle on your own to stay within the same company if you're moving. I mean, it's a big move, so I understand. But, but, but you said it right. I mean, the, the effort is still there. It's, it's, it's pe- people think that it's a big company, so they have all these processes in place. But, but oftentimes, I mean, that, that it kind of, uh, you know, slows things down a little bit maybe. Yeah. Um, decision making and there's too many yeah too many uh, yeses that have to happen yeah yeah <laughs> so tell me okay so you're there you're you're here in sf for three plus years um the transition i see eventually you started kind of getting up to speed you felt good after a year or so stay there for a few more years and then when did you start kind of looking to go out into corporate and do you know more corporate fin and work on the that side on the m a it's 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 one of those things right that um that i i I started thinking about the next couple of years, right? After, after eight years of PwC, I was like, well, do I see myself becoming partner here? Is this what I want the rest of my life to be like? Mm-hmm. Um, that's one question I always ask myself. And the other question is, I always look to my seniors, right? I look at a partner director and be like, is that who I want to be five years from now? Or is that what I want to be doing five years from now? And when, when those questions become difficult to answer, then you know it's time for a change. Um, and and uh, consulting is sort of, as, as, as folks are well aware, is, is nonstop, just go, go, go. I was looking for a different pace of life, mm-hmm. uh, getting some more work-life balance, getting to enjoy some downtime. Were you traveling um, as evaluations team or no? Fortunately, uh, I mean, not long-distance travel, like not across country or, or across continents. It yeah. was just within within the Locally. San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't know if I would call that travel, but, yeah. but it was it was still it was still a lot of just you know um, a lot of a lot of long nights, a lot of a lot of effort. And, uh, you you do get burnt out. Um, I have a lot of respect for folks that see it all the way through, become you know the MDs and the partners, but but I just knew that wasn't for me. Yeah. So you're looking for a change of pace. You, you a change of pace. You thought maybe the corporate side would provide that. Um, did you know specifically, like, how did you even find this role, this M&A? It's, so M&A, corporate finance, you're basically looking at potential acquisition candidates or dispositions for the, the company? Um, it was more to do with um, helping evaluate targets once they've been identified. Got rather it. Than, uh, so like yeah, an internal evaluation team. <laughs> exactly, right? So, so the benefit of being in, in consulting is, right, that you're interacting with so many different companies, organizations, teams within organizations. So you kind of have a sense of what everybody does. And, and you know, a lot of times you're talking to clients and you're like, man, his job sounds cool. I could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that kind of gives me a sense of, uh, gave me a sense of what I wanted to, the, the next step to be for me. And, and then that just informed my search. Then I started looking for very specific in-house valuation roles uh, just leveraging my skill to right? The last thing you want to do is promise someone um, that, yeah, I, I'm this big hotshot deal maker and then, and then show up and, and just falls flat. So you, you, you came in knowing that you were going to do a lot of similar work that you already had a lot of experience since so you felt confident. Um, yeah. That. And so tell me a little bit about like, now you've been in the States for a good three, 
three plus years. Um, was your family, did you ever get to see your family? Did you have a significant other at all? Like what was the, any kids, what's the, what was the looking like? Yeah. I mean, you're still pretty young, but just curious. So the, the, the interesting part was when, when I moved with PwC from Dubai to San Francisco, uh, typically the way such programs are structured is they're a two year program and go spend time in, in an office abroad. And then you, you learn all these wonderful things and then come back to the home office and then share the wealth of knowledge. Yeah. Uh, but but when I got to San Francisco in um, was it April May April, I, I was down fifteen is what your LinkedIn says but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's the one yeah um, I, I I was down in LA for a uh, for a project for work I happened to meet someone we hit it off we kept in touch and six months later we got engaged so wow. um, so I and and at that point I called the home office it's like guys I don't think I'm coming back now this is it this is it for me. Um, and, and they understand, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you'd be surprised, a lot of relationships sort of, you know, end up, uh, developing at work, um, mm -hmm. just by virtue of how much time you guys spent there. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah, that, that was a huge factor in eventually, uh, why I ended up staying back and, um, yeah, yeah. We got married a year later and, and yeah. Congrats. So this yeah, was, this you. was another fellow PwC consultant, but LA. But LA, yeah. LA. So we're we're, we're cool. both up here now, San Francisco. <laughs> awesome. So so you make the jump. You kind of have your you have uh, at least a support system here. Is your your extended family, your your mom and dad, are they back in Dubai still? Yeah, and that that sometimes becomes there's one of those things you have to juggle. There's a twelve hour time difference, so, so you're not going to talk to them as much yeah. as you'd like every day, and you know you might see them once a year, getting on a sixteen hour flight and things like that. Yeah, it's tough. Um, so you start this, you start this kind of corporate finance M and A role where you're kind of helping this large company kind of do evaluations or some valuation work rather um, of potential acquisition candidates or once they were kind of already under LOI or whatever it was. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit of uh, what that work was like. Did you enjoy it? I mean, you weren't doing the deals and going out and searching for them, but you were really an in, in, integral part of the the team, I assume. It's 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 awesome because. Um, because you really have to dive very, very deep into your, literally the nuts and bolts, right? Of, of how to make, how to make, uh, how to evaluate a potential uh, business. Um, and what I mean are by you that doing is like, like, are you doing like precedent transactions? Are you doing everything from DCF through, you know, all the corporate finance stuff? Um, well, a bit of both, right? You, you, you want, you want multiple data points, of course. Right. Uh, but, but it's, it's a lot of getting your hands dirty and just, getting into the financials and seeing what historical trends have been and mm -hmm. trying to develop a view um, of, of what the business could look like five to 10 years from now. And uh, I, I, I recognize, as I say that, you know, how strange that sounds, nobody knows what anything's going to look like 10 years from now, but, but just, just, just the thought exercise of it is, is what is where the beauty is. Mm -hmm. um, what I mean by that is there's, there's, there's experts within the organization um, divided into business teams, right? There's, there's, you know, the, the marketing and, and uh, the product guys, and then there's the, the supply side guys. And, and you're working with all of them to understand one, what could the market for this product look like Two, uh, uh, what cost constraints could there be? And then three, how do we build an organization around this particular business and what support they'd need? You're literally constructing this little uh, uh, business plan, and then you're seeing, you know, what that's worth. Um, so just, just, just the, the end still looks like a straightforward 
uh, DCF exercise, mm -hmm. but just the, the path leading up to it, you know, having all those the conversations, the learning about the business. The operating model projection model is actually pretty complex because you're, you're, you're trying to get so many different inputs from everybody in terms of the actual support team that needs to be in place, everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, Pricing and, power, and, everything. Yeah. And, and then just telling, and like one, one, one key aspect of my job was then, uh, you know, right before a bid was due, uh, I talked to the CFO and that was great. Like literally fortune 500 company CFO was just straight up coming to me and saying, Hey, what do you think? Um, so that was new. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, You're like, I better not get this wrong. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but, 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 and, and that's where, that's where you realize, like, I'm not just going to take my DCF model to him and be like, look, this is the NPV. No, <laughs> like, he, you know, it's, 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 he, he's going to want to know, Hey, where do you think the synergies are? What is the chances of success of this? And, you know, do you think we are the right uh, buyer for such a business? Um, and it's answering those questions. So, so it's, it's not just the numbers. It's there, there's a lot of qualitative stuff that goes into it. You got to know and, your internal resources, right? In terms of what you can bring to the, to the yeah. mission. Yeah. Cause that meeting with the CFO, it's just him and me. I don't have this entire team sitting there taking all these questions from him. It's he expects me to know it because I'm the one who's built the model. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and just that level of granularity and just really becoming an expert in one particular sector um, or, or, or just one particular business, as opposed to when you, when you're in consulting, Yes, you have a sector focus, but you're still sort of a generalist. You know, you, you, you don't really go down to that level of, uh, of, of detail, yep. um, especially on, maybe on the big four consulting side. Uh, but, but when you're in corporate, of course, you're living and breathing that. That's, that's what you do on a day-to-day. -day. Mm -hmm. um, so you're, you're sitting in a room with all these experts talking the language of, of, of industry. And, um, and yeah, that was a great learning opportunity. That's great. So you're there for almost two years in terms of uh, what you were thinking um, in terms of your next step. You're, you're now in the Bay area. So I feel like uh, the venture, the venture draw came calling <laughs> or the excitement of startup land came calling and you, you couldn't resist. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to, right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that you're never satisfied as a person. Initially, I, I was looking for, for this, this fantastic thing called work-life balance, and then I got it, and then I realized how much I missed the hustle. And then, and then it's just one of those things, you're just going up and down all the time. Um, was the work-life so yes. better in, in M&A, corporate finance? Were you working like, at PwC, I assume you were working like 60 to 80 hour weeks, and then did it drop yeah. to more consistent 60, 50, 60? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well within that, it was, it was, it was good. Yeah, because... Again, it comes down to how, how, how much of a serial acquirer the company is that you're working with and um, whether it's just a lot of sort of evaluations and, and you know, we're conservative as a company, so we're not going to put in a lot of bids. Um, so, so a lot of it comes down to that, uh, which is good and bad. I mean, it's, it's, it's good because, you know, I learned a lot and I had my work-life balance. It's bad because, well, it just becomes repetitive after a certain time. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, so, uh, so you're there yeah. for a couple of years. When did you start kind of looking at the, the fintech scene or um, was it just a random recruiter calling you? How, how did that trend? Were you thinking of a move after like a year and a half or you're thinking, yeah, maybe it's time. I mean, uh, so, so it was, I'd say probably about a year and a half. Yeah. It sounds about right. Mm -hmm. It was, was when I started looking cause, cause, um, there's always a sharp learning curve whenever you join a new place. Right. And, and when I joined that last company, um, it, it took, it took a solid, I guess, four to five months just to like, you know, you're swimming in the deep end. 
yeah. um, just to find your feet. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the learning curve sort of starts to flatten out. Mm-hmm. And, and then you realize, well, is that it? <laughs> um, you know, uh, and, 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 and I get it. Like, uh, if, if, if I was 45 or something with five kids and, you know, yeah, that kind of, that kind of position would be ideal. I'd, I'd love to, to see I'm headed there. I'm, I'm, I'm 40 with three kids. I'm close. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. Go ahead. So, yeah. yeah. So you're, I, I totally get it. I agree. I think, you know, that first year, even like the first six months, you're, if not drowning, trying to, trying to swim. And then it does fly out, Right. And you're like, Oh my gosh, this is so crazy. And then eventually you're like, wait a second, you're in, you're like, I got this. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I was like, uh, well, what's next guys. Um, right. uh, did you, did you like, ever think like they would give you more responsibility or change or did, was there anything internally that you could have done that would have changed things like maybe work more on the deal side? Um, I think that opportunity specifically did not exist. There, there were other opportunities, non-deal related, more, more sort of internal finance related, which, which I wasn't, uh, too keen on. Um, Like FP&A type stuff? Like FP&A type stuff, which, um, it's, it's more, um, yeah, it's just, it just becomes, uh, it's very procedural. Yeah. You would have been bored there, you know, six months later, probably. And I mean, yeah, I, I didn't want to use, I didn't want to use the word board. It's okay. <laughs> a lot of people who, who love that, who love that job. Some people love it. Yeah. And credit to them. That, that's, that's what keeps them going. Uh, for me, I just felt like, like, I know you're very, very deadline constrained, you know, just timelines closing and whatnot, reporting requirements. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, that's just going back to PwC again. And I don't want that. Right. I, I don't want the, the constant pressure of deadlines and uh, just, just, you know, just been go, go, go all the time. And so you were getting probably paid pretty well coming, you know, you were a manager at PwC eight years there. I assume you were getting, you know, mid one hundreds at that point, if not close to 200 plus, you know, um, did you have to take a pay cut for that, for that lifestyle upgrade to the corporate mm. side or no? No, I think, I think that um, when I was in PwC, there's, there's always that notion, you know, when you're in consulting, you're like, Oh, this, this folks on the corporate side probably make a lot more than I do and work a lot less than, than I do. And, and at least in my experience, uh, that proved to be right. Um, so when I made, it, it was when I made the jump you, over. You did make the jump. You made a big pay increase. Yep. Yep. There was, there was a pay bump. There was a massive reduction in hours. So, so yeah, that myth. You won on both sides, man. <laughs> yeah. So why look? Yeah, no, I get it. I understand. You missed the hustle. You were like, hey, I want some upside. It's, it's one of those things, right? Um, there's yeah. this show called Silicon Valley that I, I heard this line on it. there that, that stuck with me. Uh, it, it was this, this line called rest and vest, right? Just stick around. No one's bothering you. Let your options vest and let your RCs vest and just chill. And, rest and, and I still always think. Rest and vest. Yeah. That was it, yeah. Rest and vest. Yeah, rest <laughs> and vest. And, and, and I still always think, man, that is the life. Um, but, then, but then, I mean, I didn't quite live, the, live that, but... Um, but yeah, I, I realized at some point I have a lot more time, um, which is good. Maybe I could start a side hustle, yeah. but I'm not that creative. Um, so, so I have a lot more to offer uh, intellectually. So, you know, why not just find something else that's really sort of making me, uh, putting me a little bit more on edge and, and cool. see where that takes me. So tell um, me how you find your, found your current role, in, you know. Again, in something in valuations, so we'll call it fintech just to keep you anonymous. But um, yeah, tell me a little bit how you found that. Was it a recruiter? You had just LinkedIn. What what kind of opened up those doors? It, it was LinkedIn again. Um, it was just uh, I, I knew I wanted to stay in valuations because that that is that is sort of 
you know, for lack of a better word, what, what sets me apart, right? That's, that's, that's what I know best and what I can do best. Right. Uh, so I'm always looking for valuations roles. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so there was this role at this, this fintech company and, and it seemed super exciting, right? Just the world of fintech is again, uh, something that's changed in the finance industry. Uh, the big banks are, are starting to sort of change how they do things. And uh, because, because this, these fintech companies are just being so disruptive. And, um, yeah, it was exciting. This opportunity came along and, and they were looking for someone to sort of lead uh, the valuations team. Mm-hmm. And it was a win on both sides. Again, it was, it was more money. It was, it was a, a leadership. So I, I had my own team. Um, and as well as it was a fast paced and, you know, dynamic working environment. So, um, so yeah, that was a, that was a good move. And then in terms of, yeah, future, you think you just probably be in the startup scene going forward? indefinitely or probably maybe try to maybe rest and invest for a little while, even though you're not really resting, but at least we'll vest if you stick around. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think for now that's, that's what it seems uh, like, like what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been, it's been a couple of months actually, not, not too long. Uh, yeah. So, so it's still um, all new for you. Still on you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning right. a lot. <laughs> how many, how many people, how big is your team? If you don't mind sharing, you can give a range. Um, it's, it's not, it's not like a huge organization. It's two to five, okay. which is, which is good enough for me being a first time, uh, manager, you know, team lead. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not easy. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Not easy. Cool, man. Well, this has been great. Anything else you want to share? Just like a career advice or any words of wisdom kind of looking back on your path that you, you'd like to share maybe for international students or, or, or just in general. I mean, I, 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 the one, the one thing that's helped me all the time is just keep an open mind and never, never think there's something you cannot do. Um, I've, I've changed industries, I've changed continents, I've changed different teams and a lot of things. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably no, I'm not like some genius or anything with a high IQ. I'm, I'm your average guy. And, and if I can do it, anybody can do it. Um, so just, it's just a matter of just staying persistent and keeping it up in mind. Um, I like that. That's, that's inspirational. That's I like, it. I like it. I love the inspiration. So, yeah. well, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your story with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, this was great. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Thanks, man. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.